Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Rise and shine, beautiful people. We are so excited to have you here. Welcome to Broken Vessels Podcast. I'm your host, Latoya Washington. And you know, I'm always saying I have a special guest, but God has truly blessed me with some phenomenal, phenomenal guests for the podcast. And here today is our beautiful sister from Jacksonville, Florida, and a minister of music. We thank God for her, Tony LaShawn. She is here with us today. And we just give honor. So let's, we can't hear it a round of applause, but let's give her a round of applause for being here. Welcome, Tony. Thank you so much for having me, Latoya. <laughs> amen. Amen. So before we uh, had this live interview today, I had some time to be able um, for those listening in to sit down and just have a conversation with Tony. And when I tell you, just a phenomenal phenomenal woman of God. And I'm just so grateful for her yes and willingness to be on the podcast. Um, she shared about identity and relationships. So it was so much that we could talk about today. But first and foremost, I just want her to just take the time to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Tony LaShawn Worthily, excuse me, Tony LaShawn <laughs> Worthily. Thank you. Tony LaShawn is my stage name, um, <laughs> so it's fine. Either one's fine. I'm Tony LaShawn Worthily um, from Jacksonville, Florida. I am an educator. I'm an author. I'm a singer-songwriter, and I'm the praise team leader at my church, New Friendship Missionary Church in Atlantic Beach, Florida. Um, I've been so blessed by God to be able to have all these different avenues to have an impact for his kingdom and my mission is just to shine the light of Jesus with integrity and just to share the love of Jesus with humility. And I'm so excited to be here today to be able to talk a little bit about my journey. Um, like you mentioned, there's so much that we could talk to talk about, but right <laughs> now my focus is really on helping people understand why it's so important to take care of your mental health. I think in the world of Christians, of Christ-like people, I think sometimes that's an area that we neglect because we think that we should be fine or we think that other people are gonna judge us because we're having these issues going on. So I'm here to let people know that you are not alone and that Jesus sees you, he loves you, and there's resources and there's ways for you to get through. And you don't have to get through in your own strength because he will give you the strength that you need. Amen. And I and you are so right. We cannot get through those moments without the spirit of God, the presence of God, that we're not alone that there are resources available, that there are Christian counselors, there are pastors and leaders that will walk with you and can, you know, understand um, by the by the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit what you may be going through. So I, in that moment when you're not by yourself, Tony, I mean, many of us, including myself, have been through moments where our mental health was not at the best place. You know, God wants us to, to live life and live life abundantly, but we had moments where 
we were going through challenges and going through adversity that it was really difficult. And some of us were in depression. Some of us literally had mental breakdowns where it was just like, this is enough. Tell us a little bit about that moment, whatever you feel led to share concerning that. So uh, everybody has been going through the pandemic. Um, so I know I'm not alone there, but um the major moment for me when I realized I have to get help came last year. Um, I was in the middle of, I've, I've always dealt with anxiety. I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder when I was 23. Um, so anxiety was an issue. Insomnia, I was not sleeping. I We did sleep tests. We tried to figure it all out. Um, and I wasn't diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure that I was going through a depression probably caused by anxiety and like constant insomnia. And I got to a point where I was snapping at people. Or I was short with people where I was withdrawn and I knew I was like, this is not me. This is not who I am. Um, and I need to get some help. It stemmed from just year after year after year of grief and trauma and instead of actually dealing with that grief and trauma, I was kind of sweeping it under the rug. So before the pandemic even started, um, my grandfather passed away and he was my last grandparent. Um, for all of my adult life, I thought that my children would get to meet my grandfather because he had so many great grandchildren and even great, great grandchildren. And he lived for such a long time. Like I, I was really looking forward to my children getting to have a relationship with him, like my brother's kids and my sister's kids. And he passed away before I had kids. And that hit me really hard that none of my grandparents would ever meet my children. Mm -hmm. Um and so that was just very difficult, not to mention that my grandfather was one of my best friends. We're both super quiet people. We don't say much, but I just could hang out with him and like feel very comfortable with him, even in silence. And it's hard for me to feel comfortable in silence. So um, it was a major, major loss for me. And then that March, that was in February, that March, the pandemic hit. <laughs> Um, and so we were dealing with isolation because of that, uh, working from home, not being able to be in my routine. I'm a very routine person. So that had an effect. My family got COVID at the holidays. So for the first holiday mm. in my life, I did not get to spend it with my family for the first Christmas in my life. I did not get to spend with my family. Mm -hmm. Um, that was hard for Amen. me the next, the next year, um, in April, like back to back, my mom's best friend, who was like an auntie to me, she passed away. Um, and one yeah. of my best friends, her husband, who was like an uncle to me, he passed away. And it mm -hmm. was just a lot. It felt on top of one thing, on top of another, on top of another, mm -hmm. on top of another. But mm -hmm. instead of actually dealing with the grief I was feeling, I was mm -hmm. like, no, you can't let this sadness overtake you. You just have to keep pushing forward. Um, and I kept mm -hmm. ignoring it and ignoring it. And um, it finally, <laughs> it finally caught up to me. And then I was in a place where I felt like last year, just like I was drowning. And I, I said, mm -hmm. I got to, my, my mom kept subtly hinting to me that I needed to go back to therapy, but I had had a really 
bad experience with a therapist um, early on mm -hmm. in the pandemic. So I was hesitant about going to therapy. I did not want to go back on medication because I didn't want to have to be on medication for like in a mm -hmm. permanent situation. So it right. took a while for all of those subtle hints to kind of get to me. And I finally yeah. um, found a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you. So when you, so, and, and, and that's something else, you know, so you went through an experience with a therapist that was not so, so well. Um, but thank God you gave him another opportunity to find someone. Have you still continue to see this person or they continue to help you and guide you? I saw him for about two months. Um, I haven't mm -hmm. seen him in the past, uh, like for four to six weeks, just because yeah. Mm -hmm. We got to a point where I finally felt like, okay, I have the tools that I need, yeah. um, but I know mm -hmm. that I can call him at any time. Like if I'm just in the weeds, mm -hmm. I know I have a person that I can call and I can set up an appointment and go see him and kind of get things back on track, talking it out. So that's been mm -hmm. really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, it's so mm -hmm. important to find the therapist that's right for you. Um, I do believe in Christian yeah. counseling. My sister is a mental health therapist. She can't be my therapist because she's my sister. But <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I know that she's an amazing therapist because I've seen like, you know, yeah. the work yeah. that she's done with other people. But, um, you know, you have to find the person who is right for you. I do believe in Christian counseling. However, I actually, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I more so was looking for a person who would be direct with me and who would not mm. coddle me and who would just right. be kind of in my face and make mm -hmm. me do the work. Um, my therapist That's the first it. day, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> if you think that you're going to come in here and I'm just going to get rid of the part of you that you don't like, then you need to find a new therapist. And when he said that to me, I was like, this is the person for me because he's not right. going to let me just sit here and get away with like giving him half answers and, you know, pretending mm -hmm, like, because mm -hmm. I'm really good at putting on a facade that I'm fine. So Come on I, now. I knew he was going to be able to cut through that. Mm -hmm. And we were able to cut through it. Um, it really was, but I know Jesus was in it, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know what his faith is in particular, but I know Jesus was in the room and I feel like Jesus in led that me conversation. to him um, mm -hmm. because this is the first time doing therapy where it was just cognitive behavioral talk therapy and it actually mm -hmm. worked and I actually did the work, you know, before it either didn't work or the person upset me or they were just like, here's a mm -hmm. prescription. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, it's yeah. so yeah. to find the right one. <laughs> and I just want to say you have said so many wonderful things. And I know that those that are tuning in and those that will catch the replay will understand the importance um, of being honest with yourself and saying that I need help. I need help in this particular area and praying. I do believe that God sends people into our lives, um, we have to be willing, yes, to to give them that opportunity to come into our space. Mm -hmm. But I know he sends people who will be there for us in those moments. They may not look like us and they may, you know, <laughs> you never know, but he 
this person just was like, listen, you have to do the work and, you know, working with different clients, you know, we do, we have to do the work. We have to have those hard conversations. We have to confront ourselves and say, listen, I'm a mess right now. I don't feel like getting in the shower. I don't, you know, when you go through depression, you literally stop the things that you would normally love to do. You stop. Your whole everything about you is dark, and 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 it's sad to say that, but it really is because you're in that moment where it's just like it feels hopeless. And I can only imagine, as you said, you lost a lot of people, and it wasn't like, first of all, you lost a lot of people in like five or six years. This was back to back to back deaths, on top of what you may have been feeling. So I just want to thank you for that, for sharing that this person, even though you were going through this, he's like, you got to do the work, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I think the main issue that I was having, like I said, was like you said, with depression um, or when you're going through like a mental health crisis in your private world, you're not doing all the things that you would normally do. But in your mm -hmm. public world, you have mm. to keep showing up as the person people expect. Or at least I mm -hmm. had that thought that I had to keep showing up as the person people expected me to be. And honestly, I don't know why I couldn't sleep because it was exhausting. It was exhausting knowing that I was feeling all those feelings. And then I would have to put on a brave face. I don't want my students to see that I'm sad, that I'm upset, that I'm frustrated. I don't want the people at my church. I'm leading worship. How are you supposed to lead worship when you're sad and my depressed God. and you're thinking, Come on, like, I don't even know if I want to be here, like here Come as on. in alive. Um, like, mm -hmm. I don't even yeah, know what my yeah. purpose here is anymore. I don't even know, like. I'm like, God, I just want to be with you. It wasn't even a matter of like, I want, I just, I was like, I just want to be with you. I don't, I'm tired of dealing with this world. Like this world, this is too hard. I can't do this mm -hmm. anymore. And that's the place mm -hmm. that I was mm -hmm. in. But at the same time, I had to stand up in front of my church on Sunday mornings and mm -hmm. lift my hands and praise and sing my heart out. And they saw my congregation Talk saw about so it. many tears that they had no idea where those tears were coming from. They saw so, they heard Come so on. many prayers that they had no idea where those prayers were coming from. Um, and I'm so grateful for them that they just kind of stuck by me through it. I'm already introverted. So, um, you know, I kind of go in, I do, we, mm -hmm. we have service, mm -hmm. I do what I need to do. And I've got a wear a bunch of hats, uh, literally and figuratively. Mm, right. Um, so I'm kind mm -hmm. of running around all the time. And I think people are used to me being kind of um, elusive, so to speak. I'm just like, mm -hmm. I need to have my time to, yeah, I need to have my time mm -hmm. to like, come down. Like when I have to exert that much energy, I need to have my time to like decompress. So people were used to that sense. But I I know that outside of my really close inner circle, I did not let people see um, mm -hmm. the real turmoil that I was going through. Um, and I mm -hmm. did, I, I talked to my mom and I talked to my sister, like anytime I had those thoughts where I was like, I don't know why I'm mm -hmm. still here. Like, what's the purpose of me? I'm not a mom. I don't have any kids. There's not going to be anybody mm -hmm. left when I go like there's, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, but I would talk those feelings out with them. Um, mainly so that somebody knew 
Like, if you don't hear from me, call me and check on me. And I think a lot of times, mm -hmm. like you hear people um, die by suicide. They passed away and people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that they were mm -hmm. going mm -hmm. through this because mm -hmm. depression in your house looks like you being in your pajamas under the cover, unshowered, un, you know, no makeup, no hair, done, Come whatever, on. whatever. Depression in public mm -hmm. looks like you putting on a happy face mm -hmm. to try not to be a burden mm -hmm. to everybody else. Come on. Listen, let's 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 sit on that <laughs> moment because when I when I tell you, I think I'm since when I say I thank God for this conversation, because you're a worship, you are at the time you were worship, you're still a worship leader, but at the time you were going through this, you were ministering in the gift that God has given you, but you inwardly were in need of the very thing that you were pouring out to other people. And everyone's receiving from that. And those listening and watching, I need you to really see this because I think that there are so many people, my God, I feel this so strongly, that are literally doing that thing, mm -hmm. but they're not, they, they don't have no way or anyone to talk to about this. And so some of them do, maybe they not have committed suicide to leave here, but spiritually, they're engaging in things to to numb the pain, whether it's drinking, drugs, you know, sexual perversion, you know, whatever it may be, to numb the pain. But you're still going out and lifting up your hands unto the Lord, and everyone is like leaving there just refreshed, right? And then all of a sudden, but you're going back to this space inwardly that shell. So you're so right. You said this public persona. And it's just like, I was thinking about a mask when you said that, because mm -hmm. you're, you're literally pretending you're literally like, I don't, tr and I don't know, maybe it was just me, but in that moment, when I've experienced a similar situation, I was like, I don't trust anybody enough to be vulnerable. Like I trust my husband. I trust my friends, but the outside is like, I don't trust that enough mm -hmm for me to lay all that out. Like, can you handle all of me? And it's not many that can. So, so did you feel like that as well? Like who can really handle all of me and still be by me? If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, it's so hard because like I said, I wanted to make sure that there were people in my life that knew at least a piece of what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, the person I didn't trust the most was me. Mm. I, I couldn't handle me. <laughs> I couldn't handle, <laughs> I couldn't handle the fullness of all that I was feeling. Um, My God. And any time that I even tried to approach dealing with what I was feeling, it was overwhelming to me. I didn't want to put that burden on anybody else. That's a lot to carry. You have your own life, your own problems, your own goals, your own things that you're dealing with. And then somebody else is going to come to you and be like, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, mm -hmm. that's a lot mm -hmm. to put on somebody. So I'm thankful mm -hmm. that I have the relationship with my mom and my sister that I do, um, you know, I, she might watch this later and be upset, but I didn't even <laughs> tell my best friend, like, I didn't tell her, like, 
yeah, that yeah. depth of it. And I know she's gone through things too, mm -hmm. where she may have felt like that. And it's like, you know, while we support each other, like, I didn't want to put that on her. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's so hard to admit that you're that low. Mm. Because as a Christian, you feel like I should never get that low. I have the almighty, all powerful, all knowing, all seeing, ever present God on my side. How in the world? Mm -hmm. And that's the key word, world. But how in the world am I <laughs> feeling this low? And mm -hmm. I think that that is something that keeps people from asking for help. And I think that sometimes it has been mishandled in Christian settings because a lot of people think, I accept Jesus into my life. I'm saved, I'm going to heaven and everything here on earth is gonna be peaches and cream until I get there. And that, the lie detector test determined that that was a lie. <laughs> that is not true. That's not even biblical. It doesn't say that. At all. Anywhere. At all. You know, At all. You're not lying. Quote the word, you know, God won't give you more than you can bear. Find it. Show mm -hmm. me that scripture because mm -hmm. it's not in there, but it sounds good. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds good. Come on. God gives these battles to his toughest soldiers. Show me that in scripture. Sounds good. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I haven't mm -hmm. seen it in there. Literally, the words. I haven't seen those words. What Jesus yeah. did say was, in this world, you will have trouble. Mm -hmm. That was a promise. <laughs> you will have <laughs> That's trouble. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You know, we go around and we think like it's there's so many pressures from so many sides because it's like, you know, to the outside world, you don't mm -hmm. want people who are non-believers. They see that you're going through and they're like, oh, why would I why would I trust in God? Right. This person's right. going through that, you know, so you got to put mm -hmm. on that mask, mm -hmm. you know, people in the church. Yeah. They're like, oh, this person, they got it going on. They're successful in this and this and this and this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the person that makes them have less faith in God. So you got to put on that mask. Like, but no, no. What really works is when you go in and you say, I'm a hot mess. I am a mess right now. I am grieving and I'm not dealing yeah. with it well. I have anxiety no. that's based on that grief. I already had anxiety. This grief is exacerbating that. I can't sleep, even though I know God never sleeps or never slumbers. And so I can get my rest in him. And I know he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I still can't sleep. And mm -hmm. I feel like I'm being a bad Christian. Come on. That is when you make a difference in somebody's life, because then they go, oh, wait, I don't, you mean I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to be problemless. <laughs> I don't have to be, you know, yeah. at peace at all times. And God mm -hmm, still mm -hmm. loves me. And I still believe in God mm -hmm. and God can still deliver me and he can still fix me. And it's an everyday process. And there are other people mm -hmm. like me and there are other people that feel like this. 
That's yeah. where the power is. But we're so caught up in like this, you know, prosperity gospel <laughs> that everything is just going to be so perfect all the time. And it's not. That was never perfect was only promised to us when we get into the presence of God. That's the only time it's going to be perfect. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're mm -hmm. going to have pain and, and we're going to have death and we're going to have tears and we're going to have sickness. Mm -hmm. The thing about it mm -hmm. is at the end of that verse, after he promises trouble, he said, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Yeah. So we do have yeah. hope. And that is we my main hope. message to people is to encourage them. Like you have hope, like no matter how low it gets. Jesus yeah. still saves. Yeah. Jesus still can help you through the situation. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. Amen. There's other people out there that have gone through, are going through. There are mental health counselors and therapists that can help you hold your hand, walk you through it. Like at our church, we have the Stephen ministry. So we have, um, my sister, who's an actual mental health therapist, but we also have counselors, lay counselors that are trained in care and prayer. Mm -hmm. They Amen. rarely ever get anybody taking advantage of that ministry. And that is, you know, one of the best ministries we have at our church. And I want to encourage Amen. people, if you have something like that at your church or in your community that, you know, take advantage of it because that peace that you're looking for the the rest that you're looking for it only comes after you do the work trust me when i tell you avoiding your problems does not make come them on <laughs> yeah can we say that again because i've literally been saying that all week avoiding your avoiding problems your does problems. not <laughs> it's not a good strategy okay if you thought it was a good strategy before just take my word for it today here on saturday February 10th, <laughs> I am letting you know and declaring to you that avoiding your problems is not a good strategy for your mental health. Okay. Mm -hmm. So think about it this way. If you get a cut on your arm and you would ignore it, you don't bandage it up. Okay. And then bacteria gets in there and you ignore it and you don't go to the doctor. And then, you know, something else happens to you bumping on a wall and now it's all bruised and now it's all infected mm -hmm. and you go, don't go to a doctor. We're not going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. Right. Nobody's going to mm -hmm. get hurt physically mm -hmm. and just be like, eh, if I ignore it, it'll go away. Mm -hmm. But we do that to ourselves mentally. Come on. We say, oh, well, mm -hmm. I'm sad right now, but if I just keep going on, it'll go away. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm mourning a loss, but if I just keep moving up forward with my life, you know, time heals all wounds, lie. Um, <laughs> it's not just time, it's time and work. Time and yeah. work. And grief comes in waves. And you never know mm -hmm. when those waves are going to hit you. So you got to get yourself some tools to deal with mm -hmm. it so you can swim with those waves and not get drowned by those waves. And it's hard. Yeah, It's hard. Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell anybody who's listening. It's not easy. 
It's not easy. I don't want anybody to come away from this thinking like, oh, she makes that look so. Mm -mm. <laughs> I did some hard, hard work. Um, where I had to face, face myself in the mirror and mm -hmm. be honest mm -hmm. with myself mm -hmm. about what I was feeling and what I was doing with those feelings and how harmful I was being to myself. Mm-hmm. 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 And I had That's to forgive truth. myself, which forgiving Amen. yourself is often harder than forgiving other people that have done you wrong. <laughs> because yeah. I had to actually yeah. face the feeling of I, I kept myself in this place for so long when I could have been out of it if I would have mm -hmm. just faced it instead of trying to avoid it. And that's not easy yeah. to do. It's not easy to admit that... Mm -hmm you might be your own worst enemy sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so we do, we do. Mouthful, <laughs> no, you're fine. Listen, <laughs> it, it's true because sometimes we hold on to that space and God wants to come in and, and, and he's, he's such a gentleman. It's, it's to knock on your heart and say, give it to me. Mm -hmm. Let me take it. But we hold on to it. We And right. then we get into that deep, deep, deep place. And he's been saying the whole time, gently, give it to me, son. Give it to me, daughter. You know, and even in those thoughts when, you know, in, in dealing with anxiety, it was like, I can't speak for everyone, but in that situation, it was like the thoughts would be racing. And it's just like, I remember because when you were talking, I, uh, Philippians four immediately dropped in my spirit. So Philippians four just says, be careful for nothing, be anxious for nothing. And in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So as soon as those thoughts were coming and it took time, it took work, for me to get to that place where as soon as that, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? You know, it's like, be anxious for nothing. Like immediately going to God's word, but that took work to get to that place where your mind was transformed. It's like, I'm going to hold on to God's word, which is true, which brings life, which brings correction. And I'm going to speak this word because right now my thoughts are all over the place, right? And I need God's word to keep me. But that took time. I'm gonna be honest with you. I would be all messed up if something if something would happen, you know, totally different than what I thought. And it's like, oh my goodness, you know, just running around like a chicken with the head cut off. And God's like, oh, give me that daughter. I'm in control. I'm here to help you. I'm here to guide you. And you brought up something that was similar to um, something I've seen too is how grief brought intensified that anxiety because um, it's like. When the phone rings, you're like, I don't even want to pick up this phone right now. I see what time it is. Like, oh my gosh, did somebody pass away? Like, what's going on? And I'm telling you, people of God, this is real life stuff. You get to a place where a phone call, a text message, you are on edge. You are literally on edge. And it's, you're right. You're right, Tony. You are holding on to this. You got to forgive yourself. You have no control over this. And I just need Christ to help me. And I mm -hmm. need God to send people in my life. Yeah. This is all oh, this is so good. Yeah, it's, it's so good. The anxiety part of it, that that verse used to torment me. Mm. 
because I dealt with anxiety my whole life and I've been safe since I was six years old, <laughs> but yeah. I still had anxiety. And so when I was younger, when I would read that verse, um, I would feel so hurt and so ashamed because it said, be anxious mm. for nothing. And I felt anxious mm. all the time. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until I was grown that I realized that there was a chemical imbalance in my brain that Mm-hmm. caused that anxiety that I had. So where mm-hmm. a lot of people just, I mean, everybody feels anxious about something. We're Christians, so we call it concerned, but we all feel anxious. <laughs> <laughs> we all feel anxious about various things. Um, for people with that disorder, though, it exacerbates into this catastrophic yes, yes. outcome. So whereas like I might be worried, like because the phone call thing and text message thing that you, that that's like an everyday kind of anxiety when mm-hmm. you've gone through something like that. Um, I found out my grandfather passed because they can't, they came and got me out of my classroom and my sister was in the office waiting for me. And I immediately knew when I saw my sister mm-hmm. that someone had died. I just didn't know mm-hmm. who it was. And so right. now if I get called out of my classroom, I'm like, please tell me for what? <laughs> like, don't, you can't just say right. we need to see you in the office because I, mm-hmm. the, the lady's office that I had to sit in to hear that news is hard for me to even go in there still to this day. Cause I just have a flashback of that moment mm-hmm. of my, of my right. sister getting, you know, my mom was on the phone and and getting my mom on the phone mm-hmm. and hearing that conversation, it was just like completely surreal. Um, but with generalized anxiety disorder, it's everyday things, right? So mm-hmm. um, my mom and I talk every day, every day, just check in. I'm like, I, I'm morbid about it. I'm like, I live alone. So I'm calling you. To, so, you know, I'm alive. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we no, talk every real. day. That's so real. She yeah. doesn't hear from me by like three o'clock. Cause I get out of work like half an hour before that. So she doesn't hear from me by three o'clock. You know, she's like texting me, Hey, you got a meeting today? Where are you? Right. If I call her, mm-hmm. cause I know she's expecting my call during that time period every day. And she doesn't answer mm-hmm. my phone. She got about two mm-hmm. phone calls before I start. <laughs> going up right. right. Because I call right. her. She doesn't answer. I call her cell phone again. Mm -hmm. She doesn't answer. I call my dad's phone. Mm -hmm. He doesn't answer. I call the house phone. Nobody answers. They got about Mm -hmm. five minutes until I'm doing a drive-by to their house Mm -hmm. to make sure Mm -hmm. nobody fell out. And because my brain is telling me your mom is laying on the floor. She fell and bumped her head on the counter. And... Your dad's not the worst case scenario. Yeah. It's the worst case scenario. My brain doesn't jump to she's in the commissary and there's no phone service in there. That's not where my brain goes. Mm -hmm. My brain goes to she's bleeding out in the middle of the floor and you need to go over to her. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I'm telling you. (laughs) So that, so that be anxious for nothing verse. It was haunting to me because I was like, Lord. You told me to be anxious for nothing, but then you gave me this brain. 
don't know. I don't know how to reconcile those two things. Like yeah. I don't know yeah. how to reconcile the fact that this is what my brain naturally does. But it gets back to what you were saying. I know that. I know that my mm. brain does that. Mm -hmm. I have to do what it says in Second Corinthians ten and five and capture that thought. Like as soon that's it as it happens immediately. My God, Amen. Like as soon as it happens, because it's gonna lead me down a road I do not want to go on, and then I'm gonna and then I'm, I'm gonna get tight in the chest, and my blood pressure is gonna go up, and I'm gonna be mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. nervous and I'm going to be shaking and I'm going to have a panic attack and I'm going to do all the, no, I actually told my niece this one day, I said, you know, some thoughts you can massage them, but some thoughts you just got to straight up, you got to like, <laughs> no, absolutely yeah. not. Cut, knock you that down. Not, Amen. You got to knock it down right <laughs> there. You got to capture it right Amen. there where it started. You are lying to me. There is nothing mm -hmm. wrong. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even if there is something wrong, there yeah. will be a way to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And God will give you a way to deal with it. So I like to encourage mm -hmm. people, like if you're feeling anxiety, don't feel like you're being a bad Christian because you have anxiety. <laughs> okay. The thing that you need to do, and this is what I learned in therapy with anxiety, the first thing you need to do is listen to your anxiety. And you listen to it because if you really break down what your anxiety is telling you, you will realize that your anxiety is lying to you. <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. like it's probably not telling you the truth of what's gonna happen. So if you listen mm -hmm. and you can kind of break through the lies with the truth, but you can also learn from your anxiety because our feelings are emotions, whether it be anxiety, grief, even happy emotions, joy, they're indicators. They're not truths, mm -hmm. but they are indicators. They're indicating something to you. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what my therapist made me do, and I really, really did not like him for making me do this. I was <laughs> like, isn't it your job to talk to me? Why are you staring at me? Because he would make me sit in my feelings. And then he would say, what are you noticing? <laughs> and then stare yeah. at me and not say anything. And I was like, mm -hmm. you mean you actually want me to sit here in silence and think the thing that I avoid doing all the time because I don't like where my thoughts go. Come on. And you want me to actually face them? And he was like, you can't get past or through the anxiety until you actually notice what's going on that is making you feel that way. Once you notice what is making you feel that way, then you can try to deal with that. Then you have to take the time to notice if how you chose to deal with it worked. <laughs> mm, mm. So that if you don't sit, if you don't go back and say, okay, did the way that I deal, dealt with this, did it help me feel less anxious? If you don't take that piece of it, that moment from it, then you don't know what made it go away. Mm. 
for me, I, I avoided silence at all costs because my, like you mentioned earlier, my mind would just be racing on, I got to do this. I got to do that. This is coming up. Oh my gosh. If I don't get here at this time, if I don't do this at this time, this is going to blow up in my face. Like constant, 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 constant. And this has been a lifelong battle constant. Mm -hmm. And so I would like refuse to sit in silence. I come home, I turn the mm -hmm. TV on, I get in the car, I turn the radio on. I don't want to hear my brain. I want to drown it out <laughs> as much as I possibly can. So I was not learning from my anxiety. Like what is it behind that, that is actually making you anxious? Right. Mm -hmm. So for example, yeah. if I get really anxious about like the example I used earlier, my mom not picking up my phone. Like, obviously, I don't want anything to happen to my parents mm -hmm. or my siblings or any of them, right. Right? right? So when I take the time to notice, like, and listen to and learn from the anxiety, it's like, what is behind that? Why am I so nervous about something mm -hmm. happening to them? Because mm -hmm. they're my support system. Mm-hmm because they're my best friends, <laughs> because I love them, because I'm afraid to be alone. Mm. And if Come on, get to down them, to the root. That's, and yeah. you have to keep digging and keep digging and keep yeah. digging. Yeah, come on. That's mm -hmm. the, that is what's making me nervous. That's what's making me anxious. Let's pray about that. Come on. Let's take that to God. And the hardest part, let's take it to him with not just the request, but the thanksgiving. Thank you, God, that you have given me parents, family members mm -hmm. that are so impactful on my life that I can't yeah. even imagine a world without them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, God, that they brought me up in the knowledge of you. And Amen. to to have faith and to know you and that they've let me see them go through situations where they depended on you to know that I can do the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's where you get to like the last, the, I won't say the, the last part, but another step in dealing with anxiety is limiting that anxiety. When you turn to gratitude and you turn to prayer because I like I put in my devotional, my devotional, don't you worry. Um, you know, when you're dealing with that anxiety, um, being thankful, being joyful, being gracious, God knew that was the solution. <laughs> that was the answer. He did not stop it, be anxious for nothing. Mm. Mm -hmm. He didn't stop there, but a lot of us do. A lot of us stop there. We stop at being anxious for nothing. I did for so long. Be anxious for nothing. Yeah. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. sinning because I'm worrying. I'm not trusting God because I'm worrying. God is going to be so upset with me because I'm worrying about this. Yeah, yeah. Like the verse goes on, but in everything. <laughs> but everything. In everything. everything. But in, in everything. everything, come on, everything. hallelujah. The big yes, things, God. the small things, we get the yes, big Lord. Thing. Okay, I got a bad report from the doctor. I'm falling to my knees. 
my family member sick, I'm falling to my knees. I'm having a financial crisis, I'm falling to my knees. Right? Mm. We get the big things. We're we're good at that. We're good at we're good at praying about the big things. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. The little things. You're like, I don't want to bother God with that. Mm. But he said, but in but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving. And everything. And everything. I'm pretty sure the last yeah. time I checked, everything means everything. Everything. Right? Everything. Nothing's gonna shock mm-hmm. him. Nothing's gonna surprise him. He already knows. But he loves mm. us so much that he still wants us to come to him, to sit at his yeah. feet, to lay in his Amen. arms, to give it all to him, all the big stuff, the small stuff. Lord, I can't find my keys. I, and I can't go nowhere until I find these keys. I'm not Listen. even in a rush, but I can't remember the last place I put them. Jesus, please help me find these keys. I call that lost keys faith. Like I just, yeah. <laughs> one time I had dropped my keys in the grocery bag and I just put the grocery bag in the pantry and I couldn't find my keys anywhere. And I worked myself up into almost panic attack mode. Somebody at the mm-hmm. store has my keys. They're going to make copies of my keys. They're going to figure out where oh. I live. They're going to break into my house with my keys. I'm not even going to be able to call the police because they didn't actually break into my house. (laughs) They had a key. Facts. Facts. Stop. Stop. Lord, I don't know where my keys are. Please don't let my keys be in that store. I just left. And I went and I went through all the bags and I heard jingle, jingle. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Some strange. And look, and let's break that down, right? How from my keys are they about to find out where I live to know <laughs> what house to break into? Like, this is what I'm talking about when I say listen to your anxiety. Your anxiety is ridiculous. Like it right. like with the most cockamamie <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> Worst case scenario. I can't speak for everybody, but I know yeah. mine does. She lies to me all the time. I call her my broke best friend because she goes with me everywhere, but she usually costs me more than she contributes. So, well, <laughs> you know? listen, it'll cost you. It's it's and and you know you know what's so you know when you were talking. I mean, we we can. That's how I know God has truly healed. And truly just has been moving in your life because you get to a moment where you can laugh at these things, but we really have to take control of that. Like you got to take that thought captive. Like you said earlier, like you have to take anxiety. Shouldn't take hold of you. You have to take hold of it. You have to take hold of it. And we've lived a life and many on her may have, and still live a life of anxiety where it's just Every move is is not flowing by the Holy Spirit and God's will. It's flowing off of the worst case scenario. I'm not going to go down this road because this is going to happen and then this is going to happen and then I'm going to be without work for about. And you're like, wait a minute, it's just snowing. You know, it's just it's raining outside. It's you know, and some of us have lived where every move and every opportunity, like you said earlier, we held ourselves back. We've been our worst enemy because we have literally taken, allowed anxiety to take control 
over our lives, our moves and everything. And we got to take cap. We have to take that captive immediately. And just like you said, but in everything, even the small things, I love it. This, I mean, when I tell you guys, we're praying for you, those who don't even know that you are walking literally in a life of anxiety, every move, it is holding you captive. You're, you're at worst case scenario, as Tony has said, where it's just like, my keys are at the store and somebody's going to come into my house and someone's going to, and I'm there. And so I can't call the police cause they got a key. And if, if I do, if I do react, if I do defend myself, I'm technically might get in trouble because you know, it's worst case, <laughs> worst case scenario. It's real. It's, but it's real. real. But the thing is in yeah. that moment, um, especially for people that have the disorder in that moment, it's hard for you to tell. Like I can look back, mm -hmm. like you said, I can look back and laugh at it, but in that moment, it's mm -hmm. hard for you to tell yeah. that that's yeah. not a realistic situation. Come it, on. And so yeah. you have to have the tools to be able to stop you in your tracks. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. there's, mm -hmm. you know, for people that have panic attacks or anxiety attacks, there's a, method called grounding and it brings yeah. you back to what's real um the one i like to use when i'm around people going through that i like to use the five four three two one using your yeah. actual senses yeah. in your reality mm -hmm. what is actually mm -hmm. happening in your in reality right now tell me five things you see in this room right now tell me four mm -hmm. things you hear right now what's was three things that you can touch that you right. can feel around right. you right now. Right. Like right. just to bring that back because it is hard to get out of it in that moment when it seems so real to you. But what I so would real. do is when I got out of it, I wouldn't go back and say, okay, what was really going on in that moment? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that a realistic situation? It's not. Okay. But what was I really afraid of in that moment? Mm -hmm. What yeah. was that anxiety yeah. really pointing out to me in that moment? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and how can I go to God with this and how can I pray about this and how can I live to the point where I'm not fearful of that thing because mm. the bottom line is when I'm thinking about all of these bad things that can happen, somebody breaking into my house, my mama laying on the floor somewhere. The part that I'm not acknowledging is that even if that is the reality, God has a solution for it. He sure does. And he can fix it. Mm -hmm. whatever it is, he can fix it. Right. Amen. So when I get myself back to that truth and then I start thanking him for all the things that I've seen him fix before. Mm -hmm. Right. Because otherwise what you were talking about where you keep, you hold yourself back. I call it uh, paralysis by analysis. I don't think I made that up. I'm pretty sure I heard it somewhere else, but it's exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah. You get so caught up in these anxious feelings of well, what if this happens? What is that you don't even seize an opportunity that you don't walk through a door 
that you don't do this or that. But here's the thing I love about God. God has a plan for you and you are not powerful enough to mess up that plan. You, you Come on. You, you just don't. You just don't have that much power. So you don't. That's where the, that's where the humility part, the humility yeah. part of my mission comes in. Because for a long time, I really truly believe that I had the ability to mess up God's plans mm. for my life. Oh um, my. Am I maybe not going on as straight a path <laughs> to the end point as I could have been? Possibly. Is the plan still the mm -hmm. same? The plan is still the same. Because it's his, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. mine. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, when us taking control is really acknowledging that he has the control, right? Like that's it. Right. And my, my prayers lately have been, Lord, I don't want to want anything that you don't want for me. Yeah. Like yeah. take those yeah. desires even away from me. Conform mm -hmm. my desires to yours, God. Mm -hmm. Conform my will to yours. I want mm -hmm. your will to be done in my life. Man. And the beauty of that is when you acknowledge what is already true, that God is in control and that he has the plan and you walk in that, mm -hmm. then you're not constantly questioning, am I where I'm supposed to be? Mm. Which is what I did for so much of my life. I'm not where I should be. I don't have kids yet. And now my grandfather didn't get to meet my kids. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not married yet and this, that, and the other. I'm not where I wish to be in my career. Or I'm not whatever, whatever that struggle is for you. Right. Right. You take a step back and realize you're not God. And that if God wanted you to be in that place right here, right now, that's where you would be. Mm -hmm. Because you can't stop what he has for you because you you're can't not that stop powerful. <laughs> Come right? on. When you take mm -hmm. that step back, that also lessens that anxiety. Um, the reason that we get so tired and so worn out is because we're trying to do God's job. <laughs> we were never meant to do that. <laughs> that was, that's not how he made us. But like you mentioned earlier, God is a gentleman. So he's like, you know what? If you want to try it that way, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm, you're going to wear I'm, yourself I'm gonna out. You, I'm going to let you try it that mm. way. Right. You are going to wear yourself out, people of God. Don't even try. But if, if we wait on listen, the Lord, that's it. <laughs> if we wait on the Lord, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we get renewed strength. Right. New mercies. New, New mercies. My God. My God. <laughs> when we wait on him. When we wait Listen. on him. And that doesn't mean, again, that doesn't mean, oh, just I'm gonna stop doing anything. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit in my house all day and I'm gonna pray until I see a neon <laughs> sign that tells me where to go. Waiting on God is not stopping your life. Waiting on God is hoping in God. Waiting on God is so closely entangling your life to him that when he moves, you move. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're not like, wait, God, are you, are you sure I should do that? <laughs> like, let's talk mm -hmm. about this because I'm not comfortable with that. 
But getting mm-hmm. in your word, reading, studying, allowing his truth to fill your heart, hoping in him, trusting in him. Yeah. And you might not be able to fly at first. <laughs> you know, it says we'll mount up on wings like an eagle in Isaiah 40, 31. You, the, you might not have the wings first, but he'll help you mm-hmm. get up from laying down to where you can mm-hmm. stand. And yeah. once you're standing, he'll help you walk. And once you're walking, Man. he'll help you run. Mm-hmm. And here's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. You don't have to do any of it in your own strength because Amen. he said his grace is sufficient for you. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. Like that's so empowering. People think being weak is, you know, a bad trait, but being acknowledging that you're weak because you know that God's strength is made perfect in your weakness, that's powerful. That's liberating. Yeah. That's freeing. I don't have yeah. to do it all. You know, yeah. the, then when you hear he won't give me more than I can bear, you can say, no, he mm-hmm. will give me more than I can bear, but I can bear it with him. Yeah. Yeah. Because Most he definitely. will give me the strength that I need. Amen. He will. He will give you the strength that you need, even to do the hard work. He will give you the strength to do the hard work. I'm telling you, getting in your word, praying to him, being honest with him, having that quiet time. I, I understand what you mean. Like I had to keep something busy, music on something. Now, if I'm in that car with no music and it's just me and him, it's beautiful. Tears might fall. And that's another thing. I tell people all the time, when you feel tears getting ready to fall, and you don't know why, just let them fall. <laughs> because there is a working going on that you didn't even know was going on. But if you have that quiet time and you can't help but just cry, cry. Mm-hmm. Cry and, and just, just let it flow. Just let it come on out. Just let it just let God do whatever he's doing because he is the potter and we are the clay. Right. And he's moving in a way where it's like my daughter or my son needs this touch right now. And I want this quiet for them so they can really, really have that time to just just abide in me. And just be with him. I'm telling you, I love it. Another thing our dear sister Tony does of all this beautiful testimony that she has shared. As she said, she is a worship leader. She is a songstress and she is also an author. And she has several books and journals, um, a devotional, right? Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about don't you worry, because I think that would be phenomenal for someone to like write down their thoughts and everything. Tell us a little bit about that. So I have a song called Don't You Worry. Um It has two versions, the original and the dance one, because I like to help people kind of be in a different mood than what they're feeling. So a lot of times when you're like worried about something, you're sad. So both songs are upbeat, but the dance one will get you get you moving. Um, (laughs) And then I have this devotional journal that I wrote along with Don't You Worry. um, And it goes through kind of the steps of dealing with anxiety, but it also has 
pages for you to check in. Um, mm. You can kind of check in and it has pages for you to write down your thoughts and your notes in there. Um, Cause a lot of times, like I said in the beginning, we will just kind of rush past our feelings and not really feel our feelings. Um, and that's one of the things coming home just about every time I came home from therapy, I call my mom and be like, he was making me feel my feelings and I don't like it. <laughs> you know, I would, I would start, I would start to cry in therapy and I'd be like, I don't know why I'm crying. And he was like, why are you trying to keep yourself from crying? Like, if you need to cry, cry. Yep. Yep. Why are you trying to hold that back? You know? And so, um, I created the music that I have that's out right now, all of it has to do with some sort of mental health issue or battle mm -hmm. that I was dealing with because a lot mm -hmm. of times it's not easy to just talk to people about that stuff. But music mm -hmm. is such a universal love language. And so the messages are in the music on mm -hmm. here is what I'm facing and here is how mm -hmm. God walked me through that thing that I was facing. Um, Amen. So Amen. Um, the Don't You Worry devotional, just the devotional part is mm -hmm. also on version, along with devotionals mm -hmm. from my other songs. So if anybody has version, you can look that up on there or just type in Tony LaShawn and all my devotionals will pop up. Um, Amen. And then on my website, there's a devotional for my song, Strength to Soar. So strength is sore. And she has another book, Pray While You Pray. I just was like, tell <laughs> us a little bit about that as well. So Pray While You Pray. I actually wrote the original version of that. It's crazy. 20 years ago. Um, wow. <laughs> I was, I was, um, I got, I was married when I was 21. I got divorced by the time I was 23 and kind of navigating the dating world at that time. And as a Christian who is trying to be a good Christian and follow God's word and the way that he would have uh, me to not be the one pursuing because the Bible says he who findeth a good <laughs> wife findeth a good thing. Um, and I had a habit of trying to like direct men on how they should be pursuing me or that they should be pursuing me or how they should be going about the relationship. And so I just kind of took a step back and was praying and reading scriptures and listening to God. And it's really a testimony of how God took me from a place where I was just lonely and frustrated mm -hmm. to a place where I was content with where I was. Mm. And I was more committed to him again, realizing that he is in control that he knows what his plan is for my life, that he knows what's mm -hmm. best for me. And so the book kind of explores, you know, prayers for yourself when you're going through that season of singleness, um, praying for the person who's trying to pursue you. And when you do get into a relationship where you're courting or dating, or whatever the situation may be, praying for that journey because there's so much temptation and different things that come up in that. And you don't want to get so caught up in a relationship that you neglect your relationship with Christ because that is a recipe My God. for disaster. 
um, which I'm sure anyone, <laughs> my parents have been married for almost 50 years and they will tell you that Jesus at the center is truly the key. Mm -hmm. That is truly the key Amen. to a long lasting and not just that I'm still here because I didn't feel like starting over, but a real long lasting, loving, mm -hmm. like new everyday relationship. I mean, I look at my parents and I'm like, you guys are kind of sickening, but <laughs> they love each other. But it's like you've been with somebody for like 50 plus years and you still feel like that about Beautiful. them every day like that that is as the children would say that is goals okay that is, it is. Okay. <laughs> you know so that beautiful book, and then there's also devotions for that on the bible app as well as a devotional journal that goes along with the book the book asks some tough questions the devotional journal asks some tough questions it's really an opportunity yeah. to just sit back and really think about what you've been thinking about, really think about some of the behaviors you've engaged in and confront them and take them to mm -hmm. God in prayer. Like I, there were things about me that I had to say, Lord, I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do things your way. And I know I can't do that without you because I Amen. don't have the strength to do it without you. I don't have the strength to resist the temptation, but I know that you gave me a way of escape. So make that escape real clear as day. Like I want to do things the way that you would have me to do them. So Amen. the book, like I said, is a testimonial of that journey. And then the devotions really, I've had a lot of people who've reached out to me by email and just talked about how it just changed their perspective on the season of singleness. Like a lot of people, when you're in it for a long time, I've been my last relationship of any significance was almost 16 years ago. And I've mm. been on one date since then. This is not what I thought my life would look like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I thought by now at 46, I would be married. I would have like four or five kids, you know, with the last one about to graduate from high school. Like I had a whole plotted out timelined plan. Mm -hmm. And it was my plan. Mm, come on. Not God's plan. I didn't ask him about it. I asked him to sign off on it. <laughs> That's God. right. That's what we do. What is, what is your plan for my life? I said, yeah, hey, God, yeah. Sign off. You good? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then, and then when I didn't, when I didn't see it happening that way, that's how I ended up married and divorced because I've, forced getting married because it fit on my timeline on my timeline come on come on and so, oh my we're gonna let that sit yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna let that sit <laughs> that's a sila moment ladies that is a moment to sit this woman of god is saying we some of us have these five-year plans how we want it to be how we think it should be and we want god to sign off on it Oh my, if you can't say amen, say ouch, but say go ouch. ahead. Sis. You know, at, I would say at 21, before I got married, first of all, I was 21 and I thought that I was old and I was going to be a spinster forever if I didn't get married then. So when my ex-husband asked me, I said yes, ignoring all kinds of red flags about both of us um, that we should not have ever gotten married. 
Um, and so mm. I said yes, because I let anxiety take over. I let anxiety tell me that if I didn't marry this man now, I was never going to get married and no one was ever going to love me. And I would never get to fulfill these things. So at 21, my plan was I was going to be a wife. I was going to be a mom. I was going to be an attorney. I am 46 years old. I am not a wife. I am not a mother. And I am a high school teacher and worship leader. That's not how I saw my life. Mm. And I lamented not mm. having what I wanted. But I never let myself grieve not having the life that I thought I would have so that I could open up my heart to having the life that God had for me. Mm. I thought it was so ungrateful of me to even mention that I had any kind of grief. Come on. But it's not ungrateful. We're human beings and we get heartbroken by things. This is not mm -hmm. how I thought my life was going to look. Mm -hmm. But I also know that God is in control and that he is going to give me the best life for me. So when my plan started falling apart, I had to say, okay, God, who am I and who am I supposed to be? And the identity that I have is ever evolving, but it's ever evolving in him. Does that mean that someday right. that I don't get sad anymore, that I don't have my own children? I absolutely do. And now I embrace that sadness and I go and I lay on my daddy's lap and I say, Father, <laughs> I do trust <laughs> that you have the best plan for me. I just don't understand it right now. <laughs> and yeah. um, I'm going to need some of that peace that passes all understanding. Yeah, Because I'm not in a very peaceful moment about this right now. And the way that I got mm -hmm. to the place where I am now, which I, which is still a work in progress, I am still very much a broken vessel. I am still very much being <laughs> healed and worked on every single day. Um, but yeah. it was by my therapist encouraging me to allow myself to grieve. And it wasn't just grieving yes. the deaths that I had experienced. It was grieving the death of the dreams that I had for my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and what you had in mind, what you had, and you know, when you were talking, that's what dropped in my spirit is I know it's going to be hard, people of God, and challenging. But when we give our life to Christ, we become new creatures, mm -hmm. right? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But we got to grieve. <laughs> That that life is gone now. And some of us haven't taken the time to say, you know what? I I really had a plan and I really wanted things to go this way and just let the tears fall. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, Lord, nevertheless, Father, your will be done. Because mm -hmm. you're no, right. I you're not by yourself, Tony. <laughs> I did not ever, ever, ever see myself being hosting a podcast. Never. I never saw that. What I did see 
was me being a, a therapist somewhere. I love criminal justice. So at first I wanted to be a law enforcement and all that. That's what I had in mind, right? And someone else on here listening has something in mind, right? But when we are disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, it's his will. It's his will. And I thank God for you sharing that, Tony, because it brings me to tears because you, you're you so right. There's so many of us that literally, if we just honest with ourselves, we were a little mad that <laughs> life did not go as planned. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen because no, let God be your guide and have that moment. If you, if you, we don't have children either. And if I'm sitting there and I'm going, I love kids. And it's so funny. Don't have kids, but you working with a bunch of kids every mm -hmm. single day. Right. <laughs> yes. So God has a way to go. Yeah. You might not have physical children, but you got a lot of spiritual children. And I'm like, yeah, but I want somebody coming out of me. You know right. what I mean? Like, God, I want like, hey, father, I know you see me. Right. But there is something in you that that child may need. And God knows that you're willing to give it. Uh -huh. And God knows you have the heart to give it and the space to give it and the compassion to give it. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you that even though I know, sis, I can only imagine. And then he's, but you have this, this thing here. God's like, look at these children. Look at these, especially in this generation. Like I can't speak, I'm not in Jacksonville, Florida, but in this area, our children really need the mother and father's and they need that. They need the aunties and the uncles and someone to say, hey, you need to let's pray about this. <laughs> think about this. So I just I just thank God for you sharing all of this. You know, listen, for those who don't know who Tony LaShawn Worthily is, I need you to go reach out to her. I mean, she has so many different journals as she said, devotionals. Um, they're also featured on uh, U, U version Bible app. Mm -hmm. um, she has music out there. Uh, Tony LaShawn music, if you want to follow her. Are there any other social media handles, Tony, that they can reach out to you? or? So Instagram, Tony LaShawn music. And then on in you, I have a YouTube channel, Tony LaShawn music. Um, and it's all on my website, which is also TonyLashawnMusic.com. So Amen. So you guys go and support our beautiful sister. Her testimony, I'm telling y'all, just sit and listen. It is beautiful. The music that has come out of her heart is phenomenal. Again, visit www.tonylashawmusic.com and Tony LaShawn Music on Instagram. She's Tony LaShawn Music on Facebook. I mean, you can reach out to her, y'all. Don't be shy. <laughs> she is a wonderful, wonderful woman of God. And I just want to say thank you so much for being on here. Uh, but before we close out, I can't even believe we went into an hour and almost 15 minutes. I didn't even realize time is just going. Uh, it's just going. I uh, just want to thank everyone who tuned in. Thank you, Miss Linda. She says, amen. This is so good. And um, listen to a lie. Yes. And she just loves it. Um, so I just want to thank all those who tuned in. 
all those who will catch the replay. But before we head out, Tony, if there's anything that you would like to say or feel led by the spirit to share before we head out today. So one of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, that the God of all mercies comforts us so that we can comfort others with the comfort with which he has comforted us. Um, mm. And that verse is a verse that I've taken to heart as it comes to seasons of singleness, as it comes to rebuilding lives after divorce, as it comes to dealing with mental health issues. If you're out there and you're going through something and you've reached some level of triumph um, where God has led you through it and helped you, please don't be ashamed of your journey. And please share it with other people because there's so many people that are suffering in silence because they don't think that anyone understands. And I was one of those people. I looked around even at my inner circle and I thought nobody understands. Nobody is living a life like me. And it wasn't until I started really reading and researching, sharing my story that I found out that there's so many people who are going through the same things, who are feeling the same way. And God can use you to bring his comfort to someone else. So just always remember that it's okay to share your story. How much of you share it, how much of it you share is up to you, but people will always value transparency and vulnerability over perfection. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Again, I thank you, Tony LaShawn Worthily, for coming on today to sit and just share your heart. And just so many, so many gems have been deposited today. Again, 2 Corinthians, uh, it was read. Philippians 4 was read. You guys, take your time to read God's word. Get There's devotionals that Tony has. If you want to get one, please reach out to her. Um, and, and just start writing down your thoughts, writing down when you see different things in these scriptures to help you in the moments. And remember, don't let anxiety take over you. You take over it. You take captive to those mm -hmm. thoughts and be encouraged today. Again, thank you, Tony. And thank you all for tuning in. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much. You're welcome.